Hey everyone, welcome to episode 165 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, minus the Andy, minus the Jeff, plus the Tim, and minus the Vivian. I know, a little confusing, but it's good to be back on a Monday studio taping and Wednesday episode release, as is the norm around here, but also sad in the realization that this will conclude our God Is series and all the amazing guests and guest speakers that have graced the podcast over the last five weeks. I've heard from many of you and your agreement that this annual series is one of the favorites, mine included. Lobby conversations have been at an all-time high during this series, and I'm sure this week will be no different as we've come to the final but powerful closing to God Is with the most important message of all, love. And Ellie took the challenge on Sabbath morning, got out her yeah, guide and she got her pen. Yeah. She came up with 222, 221 times. And I heard that, I think it was Ethan, Ethan yeah. said it was 219. Yeah. So, you know, I they're think pretty, they're in the ballpark. I think they're both paying attention. Yeah. So this is one of those, if you forget everything else you've heard type of messages, it's the foundation for everything we believe as Christians and everything we depend on from God that never changes. And so who might you ask could deliver such a message? Well, that distinction belongs to our very own and our last of the series super couple, Tim and Vivian Cook. <laughs> Vivian was not able to be here this evening, but thank you to both of you, even though I, I'm sure she'll listen later yeah. for working this into your schedule this week. I'm, I'm so excited because this is the first year that we've been able to have every guest speaker from the summer series. Wow. And we've great. never been able to do that before. So, all right. As always, before we begin, last week's installment of our God is series was by Dorcia Jolliffe, where we were confronted with a difficult reality for those of us identifying with and realizing the Martha syndrome inside of each of us. We were reminded that we may have emails to send, people to feed, and responsibilities to fulfill, but when we choose fellowship with God first and put our trust in Him, we acknowledge that He is the center of our universe. We recognize that He is the thing that holds it all together. I'm going to ask you one more time. Do not miss an episode of any of this series in the message and in the podcast and continue to share. We've really seen the numbers of people listening early on each week go way, way up during this series. And so we know that what you're sharing is making an impact. So on to this week, Tim Cook is here with us. God is love. Now, any message that begins with titles of some of the best love songs ever made. <laughs> That's right. Has to be great. That's right. And I'm not sure about anyone else, but I was singing along in my head as you read the titles. And you came to Power of Love, and then pretty soon there were DeLoreans and 88 yeah, Miles an uh, Hour. Things like that were just like yeah. coming into my head. <laughs> 16. We had 16 songs. I know. And they were all like, every one of them was just like, da-da-da, jingle, 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 come through, yeah. your, <laughs> yeah. come through your head. But past being a unique way to begin the message, the point was well taken. We talk about, we think about, we write about, and we even sing about love a lot. Yeah. But love by definition is seemingly very, very simple. And as Christians, we've been taught that God's love is perfect. So shouldn't that be even simpler? Why is this so hard? Well, because we're fallen infinite beings and the being that is love is infinite. I mean, it, that sounds almost simple, but of course it's not because we can't understand it. <laughs> Exactly. I think that was probably our our own personal re-revelation. Really? Was um, just how deep, again, we all sing those songs, but yeah. when you really you really, get, really begin to probe into why do we have such a hard time accepting it, it is because of our finite brokenness. You know, we, we make er errors and so we're ashamed and we're feeling guilty and we feel like we can't possibly be loved. <laughs> and, and we ourselves practice conditional love. 
And so we our, do? our, yeah, our, we do. <laughs> our, our, our paradigm is what shapes oh, how we view things. And so, you know, our filter is, is the way we live. And so to think that God could really make no exception and accept us exactly where we are, it is uncomprehensible. It really is, or incomprehensible. It's very difficult because as I'm listening to the message, I enjoyed it very, very much. And I thought it was the perfect wrap up to what we've been talking about and to see each of these little slices of God, mm-hmm. investigate them a little bit deeper and see people that we normally sit next to, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the pew yeah. and or in the chair, in our yeah. case here at the hospital church. But what really resonated with me, you said, God is love, but Tim is not. (laughs) And I'm like, oh man. And then immediately my mind is God is love. Randy is not (laughs) because we all find ourselves in that statement, probably more than we'd like to admit. Of course. But why are we so afraid even amongst ourselves here at the church? Why are we so afraid to admit that when it comes to love, we don't have it all together when we should have the most caring, loving, supportive group of people that you should be able to find anywhere in in your midst. And yet that is such a hard one. Yeah. Well, I think because we know ourselves. (laughs) Um, Ouch. Ouch. And, and we, we know our, you know, when we're really honest with ourselves, um, really honest with ourselves, we know our weaknesses, we know our failings, we know our propensity for selfishness and sin and, and all those challenges and kind of come to the realization that, God sees that too. Yeah. Randy may not see all the struggles that Tim has, but God knows them. Yeah. And so we kind of project, well, if Randy knew exactly who I was, he probably wouldn't want to be hanging out with me right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and so if you project that human thinking to God, it's it's very hard to say, God knows all that stuff. Well, why would he still want to accept me and hang out with me? Um, yeah. Because he sees all the all the nonsense, all the selfishness that I have in myself, it does make you feel pretty vulnerable when you really accept that he he sees it all. Yeah, that's a perfect lead into what Vivian described early on in the message about a woman in a story that she'd read that holds a little cup yeah, of her yeah. heart to the people she loves, her children, her yeah. ministry, her church, her work, asking each if they will be the one. That's going to fill up her empty spaces. The tale told here, I mean, it's obviously heartbreaking in the story of our lives, but it wraps them all in one. But I can see from like what you just described, no wonder that search for love becomes so one-sided. Oh, yeah. And so like anyone, please, somebody like validate me, somebody fill this space up when in actuality, we just don't want to see past and go, oh, maybe yeah. God could do that for yeah. me. Looking for love in all the wrong in places. places. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that story I, I think is beautiful because every one of us can relate to it. Oh, yeah. We have all sought out relationships or work environments or family situations because we're trying to fill a void. I mean, as as parents, we go through that parenting role and find ourselves sometimes looking at our children Rather than to give to them, we're looking, boy, it's nice to have them around because they fill us. And yeah. God created us that way. He created us to want and to crave love. love. Yeah, yeah. But we sometimes go the wrong direction in looking for it. And God there says, I'm right here all the time. time. <laughs> you don't have to go any <laughs> further. Have, yeah, you don't have to look through all this. But problems. that's the quandary because you're right. We were created in such a way that we, we do want intimate relationships. We do want friendships. We yeah. do want people to help us along this journey. 
But then it's like, if you really want that, then there's that part where you do have to open up and you do have to share because if they don't know what to carry or help you with, all they can do is just say, Hey, how's it going this week? Yeah. And it gets to be very shallow. We live on the very shallow side. We do because it's painful to go deep. It is. I mean, let's face it. That's really the only reason we don't go deep. Um, even in marriage relationship, you know, we all, if we're really honest, yeah. we all know we could go deeper in that relationship, but we've, we've got scar tissue there too. And, and it's really only the creator who is love themselves yeah. that can possibly break through that scar tissue, but it's hard to, to let it go and give it and accept it. But even in that, why, why do we avoid it so much? Because like what you just said, in, in a marriage, I mean, Every marriage could be better. Absolutely. And every marriage could be stronger. Yeah. And the goal yeah. to that is, at least for us as Christians, we know we're relying on the power of God, the power of prayer, the power, the, the master that created the relationship and the whole the whole thing. And when you have those moments where you're vulnerable and maybe there's tears shed, maybe there's a little anger that has to be shed. There's yeah. feelings that have to be put out there so that yeah. we know that we've hurt someone or someone has hurt us. And then the... The coming together, though, is always so much better than all of the garbage you've been holding on to. And it's like, why doesn't that make a catalyst for change all the time? Yeah. I don't understand that sometimes. Well, I think that goes with the whole – this whole issue we're talking about. God says we're not going to fully understand it. Yeah. And I think that's part of, again, our journey in in this little re-exploration is you can drive yourself crazy. (laughs) You absolutely can because as finite beings, we are man, not God. We don't see as God sees. We don't think as God thinks. So to think that we'll ever fully get our heads and our hearts around it is really unrealistic. Yeah. And, you know, one of the amazing things about love, and if you think about it, um, love perseveres even when you don't understand. So you think about your children or your spouse, they do things you don't really understand. Uh, and, and you, Yours uh, do too. and you, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> true. And, and even in our, in our church environment, our sure. work environment, yeah. we see people who live lives that make choices that we think are wrong. And it's easy to move down that judgment lane, but love perseveres even when you don't understand it. You don't get yeah. it. It doesn't make sense, but you love them in spite of that. Uh, no condition. That's the way God sees us. Yeah. I read an interesting article about an LBGTQ person. Mm-hmm. And he said, the only person, the only Christian that I ever met that I understood Jesus through was a sister-in-law. Hmm. The rest of the family, he's like, I hated coming to events, hated to yeah. get to come yeah. gatherings. But hers was always listening. Yeah. Empathy for my struggles. Yeah. Never a word about, you know, let's not debate my life. Let's not debate sin. Let's yeah. not, but let's just talk about love. Let's talk about friendship. Let's talk about how I can help you. You yeah. can help me. And at the end, he's like, you know, it's not everyone doesn't come to this, but I was baptized and was just, have yeah. left the lifestyle. It's still a struggle. It's, it's just, you know, it's who I've chosen to be yeah. through someone else's love. And then you start thinking, oh my goodness, we have such an impact. If we do this wrong, I think that's why this is so important. When we do it wrong, we just we just hurt people so, so bad. I think we do struggle. We didn't talk a lot about this, but I think we do struggle when we try to uphold what we believe we're upholding things. Yeah. And so what we do is we create walls and divisions and we actually do it sometimes in the name of love. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, it, but it literally, if you believe what God says to us, it goes absolutely against 
what he's saying. Absolutely. Well, maybe the most unnerving part of the message in total contained a polling of 120 seminary students who were asked if they believed God loved them, with only two saying yes, and the remainder with answers that were less than inspiring. Yeah. Well, you know, I've read studies that also talk about people having the same question about, do you, did you believe your parents really loved you? Do you believe your spouse really loves you? And a lot of the answers are similar. Really? Uh, they're, they're along the lines of, well, intellectually, I know I'm supposed to believe that. I know I'm supposed to say yes, yeah. But yeah. I'm not sure I really feel it in my gut. And that's yeah. that balance. So, again, as finite human beings, sometimes truth happens in the connection between the emotional and the rational. Yeah. And if you think about this in the most philosophical standpoints, if God is love and love is God, it's the same thing. Yeah. We can only savor a piece of it. It's too big. It's too infinite. It's too grand. It it is. And so I I think sometimes we, I guess part of this for me is I've got to give it a rest. (laughs) You know, I mean, it is what it is. Sure. And God is going to love me and I want to love him and I want to live a life that's honoring of him. But I'm never going to be able to fully embrace it. Maybe ever. Yeah. Maybe ever. Well, and I think I heard obsession with media and the portrayal of love and the descriptions of love and those warm fuzzies that they can get you to feel by writing a good script or, you know, shooting that perfect movie shot just right. And then you extrapolate that as to this is every day for the rest of your life. And it's, it's just not, it's, I think that's where we get sometimes this disconnect where things should be different than it is. And I don't understand why. And if God is so great, I mean, wouldn't this all be the way it should be every single day of my life? And it's just like, that's not realistic. Yeah. And you made a reference a little bit bit ago about the reconciliation, how that, that coming together, you know, one of the things I think about love when it's truly representative of God is it creates a safety zone for yeah. you to be the fallen, broken person that you are. And we all have people in our lives that know way more about us than we'd want anybody else to know. Yeah. And once that's okay, man, the safe and the confidence and the calm peace that comes over when you're around that person, you can kind of take a deep breath you can be who you are, your fallen self. It's not that it empowers you to to do things outside the character of God, but what it says is there is a grace and there is a love that accepts you just because you're you. There's a humility in that. There is. That people will resonate with yeah. when they understand that you may have a different viewpoint. You may have a different idea of who God is or what God is, what religion is, is what maybe some people would label that. Right. But if you're, if you're approaching that from a place of love, and we talked with Dorcia last week saying, you know, how do I get through this? How do I give things that I struggle with? And in this case, love, how do I give that to God? And when people ask us that, maybe the most powerful thing we can say is, I don't know what it's like for you, but for me, God's in control. Yeah. Oh. And, and that can open up whether, whether you yeah. believe in God or don't, it's pretty disarming. Yeah. And if you have a humility about you, like you just talked about, yeah. I think that's what endears people to go. That is not the answer I was expecting. Right. There's no soapboxing here. That's right. There's no preaching. There's no proselytizing. There's no looking like we, we want to bring you into the fold. It's just that was your answer. Well, I think the ironic thing about that, if, if you think about a friend, a family member who you feel some level of that unconditional love, the last thing you ever want to do is hurt that person. Right. It begins to transform your relationship because you then begin to respond to such safe, unconditional love, and you want to do what you can to honor, respect, love that person back. And so you can almost see how that 
how God's designed this so that once we begin to taste that real unconditional love, our response becomes transformed and we start living our life differently. Because I think if we just take this, you know, these studies like the seminary students and of course Paul telling people, the people of Ephesus that pretty sure no one's ever going to get this. Yeah. And it's like you can almost sit there and go, what chance do we have then? Yeah. I mean, if Paul can't figure this out yeah. Yeah. and, you know, people that are going to be leading people supposedly to God's love aren't yeah. sure about it. Yeah. Because as Christians, we're scrutinized in our love for others and far too often we don't even represent ourselves well, let right. alone Christ. That's right. So what can we take from what we do know or what we can fathom about God's love that we can apply right now? Like this is something that we know we can take away. It should be something that maybe we can all see or feel or understand. Is there something, just a, a place to start if we're in this and well, kind of wondering? You can't give a gift unless you accept it, right? I think that's really all God's saying to us is I have this love for you. Yeah. And all I'm asking you to do is just accept it. Just, yeah. I know you're struggling with it. I know you're messed up. I know you're embarrassed. But I I love you so much that I laid everything on the line for you. Just accept that. And as we begin to experience, taste it a little bit, it begins to, you know, I, I love to talk about the surface tension on a cup. If you fill a cup of water, you can get it to where you actually see the water yeah. over the top, top of, of the it cup. because of the surface tension. Mm-hmm. Only one drop and it can spill out. Oh, yeah. So I, I think God's love is like that. We have to allow it to fill us up um, and then it begins to pour out over everybody. And, and again, that, that sounds a little bit trite. The practical implications of it, God has given us in the other part of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13. You know, yeah. um, love is patient. How often are we harsh? How often do we snap back at people? Love is kind. Love is long-suffering. Love doesn't boast. Those become, I think, the practical framework of how you maybe fake it till you make it. (laughs) And and, and once you begin to practice being loving and experience being loved, I think God works through all those things. It's a mystery. Yeah. Uh, We can drive ourselves crazy. (laughs) We can drive ourselves crazy. You shine some light on an area of this that I hadn't really considered before. And I love the analogy that you used of the anticipation of the wedding day mm-hmm. and honeymoon. For those of you that are married, you know exactly what we're talking mm-hmm. about. For the younger folk, well, maybe not so much, but you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll this will really be cool someday yeah. for you. But you, you put those two against the realization that life sets in and we're unable to maintain that intensity and that, that feeling of newness that we had, yeah. not because we don't want to, right. but because we're incapable. We are incapable. Because we... We change and we are not, we will never be the same person we were That's right. at that time in our lives. And I immediately thought of the parallel to when your love is new in Christ. So someone finds, yeah. they find Christ and it's all new and all you want to do is study your Bible and all you want to do yeah. is, is pray and talk to him yeah. and to feel like you're, you have a command of, of Christianity, of, of Jesus's ways. And you just, you're so excited. You want to tell everyone. And then you just later on, you know, how many times during your life you go through the, your Job experiences, you go through. Through sure. difficult times in your life. And it's the week of prayer. You go to the mountaintop <laughs> and, it, and then three weeks later, you're right back in the valley. You're right back. And you try to hold on to that feeling. But the good news, of course, is that God doesn't change. And when you put all those together, I was like, man, that is really, really good. Because I think a lot of times we 
we beat ourselves up because we're like, man, I mean, this is not the person I am. I, I, I've been that person. I know yeah. that guy yeah. or that girl. And I'm just not that person. What, what happened? I don't feel any different, right. but I can look back and see that I am not that same person. Yeah. But this kind of puts it into perspective. Like we're not God. That's right. And there's no way we can do that. When you think about it, it because he doesn't change and his love doesn't change, his intensity for us is the same. We may lull away. Yeah. But he's right there pursuing us. Sometimes because we lull away, we don't always even see the pursuit. Yeah, right, right. Um, but the intensity there is is constantly calling us, constantly pouring out to us grace that is greater than all our sin. Yeah. I think that that's also the crux of it is when we acknowledge that um, there isn't anything we can do and we have really blown it because of our humanness and the fact that it's so humbling to realize that that God's grace spills out to us at all times. Yeah. And and for eternity. When I parallel that with when you think about how you raise your kids and mm. discipline and how much you love them and how much that causes you to discipline them. <laughs> and you think about these things and you go, God's always up here. Yeah. He's always on the high road. He's always taking care of me. Doesn't matter what I've done. And he's always doing it with love and he's doing it with perfection. And you go like, Oh my gosh, if we could teach our kids yeah. <laughs> to, to, you know, start looking at it with, through those eyes early on and understand that I think that would be a super head start <laughs> for I, young Christians. I heard a this is this was a little bit mind blowing for me, and it's tangential, but it but it applies. Several years ago, I, I heard a, a pastor talking about again God versus man, and how you just can't get your head around it. <laughs> and for those of us who have been parents and had small kids, we all can remember a time when the child maybe they were learning to walk and they fell and they bumped their knee or they scraped their knee, and if you just looked at them and watched their reaction, you would think they're going to die. <laughs> Absolutely. They are in thrashing in pain. Their tears are coming out. And you know, though though you're sensitive to their pain and to their anxiousness in this, you know full well as a parent, this is nothing. Yeah. This is absolutely nothing. Contrast that to all the human tragedy that goes on and being God and knowing full well, though we are thrashing around in pain and it is traumatic for us at the moment, yeah. no matter what it is, whether it's the, just the ridiculous violence in our country or, or hate, but God can look down on that. This blew my mind as we look down on our two-year-old who's screaming over a bruised knee yeah, and say, I know you're in pain. I know you're scared. I know you don't understand that, but let me tell you. I've got this all worked out. Yeah. And though it's painful for you, from my vantage point, you might think I should be jumping in and doing this, but I know how this is all going to work. And this is really, in the grand scheme of things, this is going to be nothing in the eternity that I have planned for you. That to me was mind-blowing because we we often want to see God as the overprotective parent, but he's not. He, yeah. he allows us to live in this world, feel and experience the pain. And I think partly because he wants us to learn an appreciation for the grace that he has. And if he was that person, we would see that throughout the Bible. Absolutely. Not that there's not miracles and absolutely. not that, you no, know, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so right now it just something popped into my head that this is something that we discussed in pretty good detail with Carla and Daniel a couple yeah. of weeks ago yeah. on the podcast here where they were very transparent about 
because the week prior to that, we had talked with Megan about, you know, God, God is here. Yeah. And, you know, God's all, like Waldo. He's always yeah. there. You may yeah. not see him. Yeah. And I have plans for you and I will not disappoint you in words like this. And I mean, I had to ask to Carla and to Daniel, yeah. like, how do you take these two things that are seemingly so polar opposite yeah. and go, yeah, this is God that I know, but this is my life, which I'm not really, I mean, yeah, God, sorry, I'm disappointed. And oh, no, by the no way, one, I'm a no, little mad too. No one plans for that. Right. And so if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and listen to that with what yeah. Tim just talked about. I think there's a, there's a little, uh, connection that you can make between those two and really stop and think about how those two things work together because I think it gives us a better idea and of the analogy with your young child and you know what yeah. we think we see what we hope to see what we don't see yeah. but that God's in control and yet you're going to see the other side where yeah. you play devil's adv- advocate and go this can't be it right this, why does right. God let bad things happen the wise yeah. yeah so go back yeah. that is just two episodes prior to this that yeah. would be episode 163.5 that's good so you guys prepared for this and I'm, it always takes longer than you think it's going to. <laughs> you always go through, at least for me, I go through more rabbit holes than I should oh. and go, nope, not going there, not going oh. there. That doesn't work. How are we going to tie this all together? But as you guys went through this, did you come away with anything that was unexpected? Probably only in the, in the, in a simple, and I probably already mentioned it. Um, I think when you really try to go a little bit deeper and, and try to dig beyond the surface, you, you begin to realize how superficial you've been about the concept of love yeah, and how you've been just as trite saying God is love. <laughs> Jesus loves me. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, yeah. love everybody. But that's not really what it's about. I mean, it's a, it's a level of love that goes so far beyond our human wiring. Yeah, I, I think that's what took me back is just getting, getting clearer and clearer on the fact that, yeah, this this is not anything that we're ever going to be able to fully understand, yeah. and, and it's it's by God's grace that we can act lovingly towards people. Right, and it takes probably a lifetime for us to fully appreciate the immense love of God, and we'll be in eternity seeking after Him, being transformed by Him, still learning about the fact that God and love are the same thing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. No well, pun intended there. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. That's 222. Yeah, that's right. You, you got go. it. Good. <laughs> so I'll take this opportunity to just invite anyone that is listening to today's show to swipe up in the show notes and there'll be a link there to the message that you can watch online because Tim and Vivian did a really good job. I mean, they've been married for over 30 years, yeah. so they've got some synergy working there. And the way they broke down the message in the cadence, the smiles, the joy, it really was a perfect cap to this message. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and make sure that you don't miss all the pieces and parts that, that make up what we're talking about today. And as we start to wrap things up this week, one of the FHC takeaways asked, what do you think about God's love being reflected through people who do not claim a relationship with God in 1 John 4, 7 and 8? Hmm. Now, that one caught me by surprise <laughs> because this is something that I have felt I've had my own opinion on for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And I found it interesting as I went and read. So I'm like, all right, I'll take the challenge. I'll go read that. Let's see where it's at. Let's read the whole chapter. Let's get some context. And I found it interesting that earlier in the chapter, we're being warned about false prophets and being diligent about discerning who is a person of God. And then immediately following that in the chapter, 
the little title there says loving one another. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. And we come to verse seven and it says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. And then later in the chapter, after we've kind of digested that, we find these words in verses 16 and 17. God is love and all who live in love (laughs) in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we won't be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. And that's, a, I mean, talk about mind blowing. That's a, it is mind blowing. That's one to roll your mind around. And I, I personally know people, though. I mean, I thought of two people right off the bat who weren't raised with religion of any kind that are some of the kindest and yeah. most generous people in, in their time yeah. and of the, in every way. My question is less about whether they need my religion or to learn the gospel as I know it, but rather does my proclaimed life in Jesus reflect him as well as theirs does. Yeah, that's that's painful. Right? It is because I think that when I look at some people that just don't claim to be anything and they're like, even if they have had some bit as kids and they, you know, for whatever reason they've moved away from it. But they're the people that will give you the shirt off their back with no questions. They're the people that if you call them at two in the morning, they will be there to help you. They are exhibiting and living a life of love. Now, they'll have things that as Christians we would consider to be rough around the edges, air quotes. But yet this is telling us that people that are living, truly living in love. Ooh, I I think it's telling us that too. And that was a little mind blowing for me. I mean, I've I've kind of thought that way, but in in studying this, it became – uh, I, I think really convicting for me that yeah. those people are living that way. God must be somehow influencing their life. Right. They may attribute it to a label that you and I might be very uncomfortable with. with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, yes. But God's a little bigger than that. Yeah. And I think that's that's the trap that we get in with our finite thinking about love yeah. is it must be trapped in the four walls of a denomination or some kind of label. Sure. And we could get people really riled up if you go down all kinds of non-Christian religions. But, but you see in many of those a, still a fundamental core yeah. to love one another, to respect one another. That's got to be emanating from the same source. How it's reflected out could be interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that was a little bit of an aha for me. I, I think I believed it, but I think I have a clearer sense of of um, God's got to be existing in that. Yeah. I, I would agree with what you just said. My conviction already felt that way because yeah. I'm like, this makes to the way I was raised, this makes no sense. Yeah. And for someone to say that, that's almost heresy. Yeah, that, well, yeah. That's, that's crazy talk. But until you flip it though, right? right. Because when you say – well, only Christians love, and we all know <laughs> a lot of unloving Christians. I hate to say that. Yeah, oh no. Um, and I, I at I'm times an are, are, are one of times. them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So it ought to work both ways. If God is love, yeah, it ought to work when we decide to not be that way, or when God decides to inspire somebody else who is under a different label. Absolutely. All right, guys, no throwing rocks next week in the lobby. You know, if you have to come up and talk to me, but no rocks. And please be nice to Tim, too. Vivian wasn't here. She had no part of this conversation, so leave her out of it. But seriously, what do you think? Leave us a voicemail. Send a text, 407-965-1607, or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And guess who's back next week? It's Andy. We can stick him with your questions and make him answer them. That'll be even more. That'll be a welcome back. Yeah, That's a very loving thing. 
thing. Thank you. Very lovely. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Our final thoughts are from the closing to the message this week. We will likely never be able to have a complete understanding of God's love. We have to be God to do that. But we can have the opportunity to experience this love and share this love throughout our life. And we will likely spend forever continuing to be amazed at just how vast it is. These past several weeks, we have explored the attributes of God. And with each and every attribute we have explored, it all comes back and ends on the same note. God is love. So one final question. We've ascertained that love is difficult to define when it comes to defining it with God and even in our personal realms, but again, let alone God's. But as you said, we have the opportunity to experience and share God's love. What's your favorite or most rewarding way to share it with other people? The love of God that you personally understand and have taken into your heart and wanting to give back. What's your favorite way to do that? Well, that's a hard question, but the immediate thing popped in my mind is um, over my life, I've learned one of the most loving things you can do is listen to people. Mm, that's a good um, one. Because so many people don't feel that anybody pays any attention to them. Absolutely. And if you're in a hospital setting and you go visit somebody in the hospital, particularly elderly, they don't want you to leave. Ever. Ever. <laughs> no, it's and, true. And if you think about it, listening to them, giving them an opportunity to express themselves, share their hurts, share their, their, their happiness, their joys, that fills them up to be able to kind of relive and experience that and, and connect with somebody and see that somebody cares enough to just take a few minutes to listen. That's probably about as easy a thing as anybody of us can do. Absolutely. I like that. I mean, I thought about it and you're right. That is a hard question to ask because there's an expectation that somehow there's something that you do well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and that you're right. good at it. And that right. This really does reflect the love of God. So that's yeah. a big, that's a big pair of shoes to fill or yeah. a, a, a long cape to drag across the ground. Yeah. And really, as I thought about it, what, what we do here each week at the church, I mean, there's so much amazing knowledge that is given back and forth each week, whether it's through classes and a message and through our summer series with our last week, we talked about how there's so many people around us that are just have such a different view of God that it's so cool. And we get to sit down together and talk about it and that we should do that more often just outside of things like the podcast and messages and Mm -hmm. just be more in, in tune to each other. But Really, mine is the podcast here. That's one thing that I feel like God has blessed me with and I enjoy it. I enjoy the conversations that come out of it and that, you know, sometimes using just a talent that you have, however small, is something that God can use for you. So just keep that in mind. Absolutely. Keep it in mind. Yeah. And there's so many things that require no resources, but you're just yourself and your time. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Just like listening. Yeah. Man, we're good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not good at God's love, but we're good. But we're good. Let's not get too creative. Yeah. All right. This Saturday, it is a new series. And as already mentioned, Andy will be back and it's called A Case for Kindness. And the title is No Illusions based on Matthew 5, 3. So if you want to read ahead and maybe get an idea of where Andy's going, you may do that. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you, Tim. And Vivian, we missed you. We We missed you. Really did. I'm going to have to catch up with you another time and see if we can get you here as a guest. But thank you for wrapping up this series with this message because it really did tie it all together really, really well. So, and thanks to everyone again for all your diligence and not only listening, but sharing. Uh, it's really exciting to see more and more people share the podcast and people being impacted. It's yeah. always fun to see that. So as always do join us next Wednesday for episode 166. Thanks for listening and have a great week.